Three Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. everyone welcome back to two brothers one mike i'm joe and as always my brother coach tony is here tony hey what's going on there joe what's going on out there in t-bomb land as we continue on the journey here season three episode 12 uh the weather's getting warmer i trust that the weather's getting warmer joe that's that's my thing for today trusting in the weather i don't know if the weather is trustworthy but i i'm putting my trust in in mother nature do you ever put your trust in mother nature never never yeah. every time i do she fails me miserably yeah and i and i'm going to try to stay away away from talking about her too much because in all honesty i'm being sarcastic i don't trust her i never have to be honest with you uh, maybe when i was younger i just feel like when i was younger she was a lot nicer to us but uh, uh nonetheless maybe you know i'm just I may, maybe I just don't remember, but, uh, I just, it's crazy. Winter gets longer. <laughs> Winter seems to get longer. I don't know. For those of you, as I date the show, it's, it's now April of 2022, just to let you know what I'm talking about. And we're in Northeast Ohio in the middle of Michigan and so on and so, you know, so on and so forth. So, uh, the weather, you know, it just, it, it wants to, it desperately wants to get there, but it, boy, is it a dogfight in that area of the United States in April? Just, you know, they say March is supposed to be in, in like a line out like a lamb. I don't, I, I don't know, Joe, March, March came in like a line and went out like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, it, it's just crazy anymore how, how the weather is, but nonetheless, uh, here we are, not trusting Mother Nature. And uh, ironically, today, ladies and gentlemen, that's what the show's about. It's about trustworthiness. Uh, not, not just, you know, in our personal lives, but also in, in the world of business as well. And, and we're going to talk about it, not because we're experts on, on the concept of trustworthiness in terms of studying it from like a, let's say, from, from a sociologist's point of view uh, or a clinical psychologist's point of view. Uh, but from our own, um, you know, things we've experienced in life and, uh, maybe bringing up things that will remind you of things you've experienced in life when it comes to trusting others and why you do or why you don't. Uh, but before we do that, before we do that, I've got the perfect eighties movie, Joe, for this particular show. Now, let me ask you a question. I'm asking you this question, Joe, because I can't yeah. hear the audience, right? right? Did you ever see the movie? Some kind of wonderful. Yes, and I know I liked it, but I couldn't tell you one thing about it. Oh, my goodness. Well, all right, so it starred Eric Stoltz, uh, Leah Thompson, Mary Stuart Masterson. Uh, I, there was another guy, I can't remember his name, uh, his actual name. The character's name was Hardy Jens. But, folks, we talk about the the. this guy was not the director of the movie, but he was the producer. There he is again, John Hughes. And it was another teen movie in the 80s, late 80s. I want to say 87 or 88, Joe, 1988, when it came out. And... The whole thing was about, you know, uh, growing up on one side of the tracks or the other, which John Hughes was really good at doing, right? Uh, making kids try to figure out where they fit in to their social environment. And the one gentleman who played Hardy Jens, he was a rich kid from the Hills side of town. This was the one movie that I remember from uh, anything to do with John Hughes, the director, producer, uh, who did so many of the Brad Pack movies that we talk about in season one. But this was the only movie I can remember, Joe, that was not based 
on a suburb of Chicago, Illinois. This was, I think, based in California, this particular movie. And Hardy grew up in the hills, basically, and, and was a rich kid. And then the character played by Eric Stoltz and Leah Thompson and Mary Stuart Masterson, they grew up on the other side of the tracks. And, and so the one thing that Hardy would always do is he would he was he was what we call folks a player right he was a player uh so to speak uh senior in high school and all the girls liked hardy because of his cars because of his money and so on and so forth and he would literally start talking to another girl joe as you if you can remember as i'm telling you this right in front of the girl that he was dating and when that girl would walk away the girl he was dating would walk up to him she would be upset and he would always say these words, and this is what made me think this was a great fit for this show. He would look at her and, and say, do you honestly think that I would be talking to another girl right in front of you? And then he would say these words, trust is the basis of any relationship. And so, and then I somehow would continue, the girlfriend would continue to date him even after actually witnessing it with her own eyes. Now, today's show is not about... Uh, just like, uh, you know, relationships, you know, marital relationships, fiance, boyfriend, girlfriend, and so on and so forth. But but it, that was the thing that that stuck out to me was remembering those lines from Hardy Jens in the movie Some Kind of Wonderful. It is a great movie. It really is. It's a fantastic movie, I thought. It is. And, and as, but, as you're talking, of course, I'm doing my I'm doing my little research in the background. Actors that yeah. Craig Schaefer. Uh, he was Sheffer. also in Sheffer. Sheffer, Craig Sheffer. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. in River Runs Through It. Uh, yes. I believe he was the older brother uh, in yes. that one. And then you have Nightbreed, uh, of course, some kind of wonderful. He was also in the program. Uh, he has a lot of he he's a quarterback. different credits, so I'm not going to go through yeah. them all. But, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you say that, and then I remembered other things that he had been in. But it was it was definitely a, a movie where that reminded me of Hardy Jens and how he would, you know, tell those girls trust is the basis of any relationship. He's right. Mm-hmm. He lied to them, but he's right. Trust is the basis of a relationship. And folks, let's get our head out of the boyfriend-girlfriend mentality because we're going to talk a lot, you know, a lot about a lot more than that today. There was one other movie, and I'm going to give a shout out to the 90s here, and this was a fantastic movie. Uh, and that was with Samuel Jackson, Kevin Spacey, JT Walsh, anybody who ever saw the movie The Negotiator. Joe, did you see that one? Yes, absolutely. And, and that movie was was absolutely fantastic. And that was about uh, I believe um, that was where Samuel Jackson was the negotiator. He was where he worked for that police force and he negotiated, you know, hostage crisis situation and uh, basically was set up by people within his own police force uh, when it came to them stealing money from the retirement fund in the police force. And he went from the negotiator to the person holding people hostage, trying to figure out who was setting him up. That was a fantastic movie. There is a movie. The reason why I think of that, Joe, is you're really trying to figure out that entire movie, who can I trust, mm-hmm. right? And, and so that is is definitely something that, that we need to talk about as well today. Who can you trust? How do you know when to trust? What are some of the factors to play into that? And I think this is obviously a concept where we can talk about it from our own perspective, what we think as people who are not professional in terms of being clinical psychologists or sociologists, but I would love 
to do a show with Dr. Nicole Rentilla, our clinical psychologist who comes on every now and then for an interview to talk about these types of things and talk to her about trust and how the human brain works when it comes to that. Uh, that would be a fantastic interview, and we will definitely do that uh, in the very near future. So I guess I guess with, with the Samuel Jackson one with the negotiator, you can almost look at it uh, as an example of where your job is you know, to act trustworthy, but can you really be trusted? Um, are you always acting trustworthy at your job? I, I think it's something, folks, where we get, we have to look in the mirror sometimes. You know, Joe, we always, you know, people heard this show, or they're listening to me right now, they're listening to you right now, and they're saying, yeah, I can't trust this person, but I can trust that person. But, you know, I could trust him, but I don't trust her. I can trust her, but I don't trust him. And uh, stop, whoa, put the brakes on. Can you be trusted? Too often, we want to blame everybody else, but you are on the clock too. I am on the clock. Joe is on the clock. And we all have to look in the mirror every morning and and ask yourself, am I doing what is needed to be done to be considered trustworthy? And have we always been trustworthy? Raise your hand if you know there is a point in time in life when you have not been trustworthy. And sometimes it's it's for, as crazy as this may sound, Joe, sometimes it's for the good, for the better good. Uh, where you have to maybe not tell the truth to save others. I don't know how, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, okay, let me give an example since I'm not sure how I want to say this. Do politicians ever lie sometimes to the general public in order to protect them? What are Absolutely. your thoughts on that? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you want to think about it, sometimes they don't really want to let you know. Uh, if a certain country has missiles pointed at us, because that may become what mass hysteria, martial law, uh, and, 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 and a general overall panic amongst 300 million people. And so you have to try and find your way around that. And then we find our way in figuring out, do we really want to trust them anymore? But sometimes you have to ask yourself, is trust always something that needs to be displayed? Or do you have to worry about protecting others sometimes by not doing something that is trustworthy. That's that's a very fine line there if you think about it. But before we get into all that, you know, before we tackle trustworthiness, here we go with a word from our sponsor. So stick around. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps, perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, it's Joe from T-Bomb. Do you find yourself dreading all of the specifics when it comes to prepping your meals for the week? I mean, calculating calories and macros can be such a pain, which for many of us can result in losing our momentum when we're starting a new eating lifestyle. Now, I know for me, I was constantly figuring out which foods to eat so I wouldn't only stay under calories, but also maintain my macros. What's more is I hated the idea of eating the same thing every day simply because I finally came up with that perfect combination. But then I found Kitchen Apps. Founded in 2015 by Tom Kitchen Apps, their mission is simple. They created a personalized selection of flavorful gourmet meals that are perfectly portioned and nutritionally balanced to fit their clients' lifestyles, as well as their physical needs, all for a very affordable price. You receive three meals plus two snacks for five days, so your whole work week is completely taken care of. And yes, there are options to add or subtract meals as you need them for the weekends too. So for more information or to place your order, go to kitchenabs.com. That's kitchenabz.com and get started today. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Let's talk about trustworthiness, shall we? I mean, uh, 
you know, we gave you a kind of a lead in uh, before the commercial break. When we think about trust, we think about knowing that individuals around us will do what is in the best interest for us or the group within. So maybe not just a one-on-one situation, but for, uh, for us as, a, uh, as an entire group, whether that group is small or whether that group is in the masses, you know, very large. And so you have to ask yourself that question that I kind of left off with before we went to break. Is it always the right thing to do to say something that is believable to save you know, uh, mass hysteria and things of that nature and people panicking when that's the last thing you want because it would just probably worsen the problem, so to speak. And so sometimes, you know, uh, folks, I'll be the first to tell you this. This is not going to be a show strictly about politicians, okay? I do not trust politicians as a whole when it comes to at the federal level. I'm not going to lie to you. There have been things that have happened. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I'm not here to throw conspiracy theories out. That's not what this show's about. But I, there have been things that have happened that make it very hard at times for me to trust. Sometimes I realize why things have to happen the way they do. And I don't hold people accountable in that situation. I get it. Then there's sometimes when I don't understand why things happen the way they did. And I do hold people accountable. Joe, what's your take on that? I mean, where, where do you come from in that particular aspect? I mean, we could just open it uh, to really just give the perfect example, everything COVID-19 related. And it's not to say one way is right, one way is wrong, Mm -hmm. but there is so much conflicting information. Not everybody is right in what they're saying and not everybody is wrong. And so what do you believe? And look at all the, there's that mass hysteria that was created because there was so much uh, conflict between what who and the CDC and what the president and what the Fauci. And I mean, we could go on and on. Everybody was saying something different. Governor of Ohio Everybody was saying something different, you know, and it was like, who do you, who do you, and you find yourself cherry picking, but is that safe? (laughs) You you don't want to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that probably is, is uh, probably one of the greatest examples of, you know, looking at something, um, you know, at a federal level and it's like, well, yeah, but just last week it was something totally different, right? A whole other story. Uh, What do you do? You know? Yeah. Yeah, and and that's and it makes it complicated. And and then what do we do? The worst thing we could do: fight amongst each other. And right. So uh, right. I really, and, you know, here's the thing too with, with that whole that whole the topic, right, of COVID nineteen. Yeah. It wasn't just so much the truth; it was the different variations of it. You yeah. know, uh, again, we were being told, you know, about all these people who died with COVID-19 or with, uh, you know, the coronavirus and how many died from it. Uh, These were two totally different numbers, but one served one purpose and one served another. And it's like, well, (laughs) you know, what do you go? What do you believe? And there it is. I tried to, I, and folks, I'll tell you what I did. I tried to keep it uh, as real as possible in front of my own face. And that was this, I told myself COVID is real. It's not fake. It's not, it's here. How it got here, I don't know. I don't know if it was from a bat. I don't know if it was from (laughs) Batman. I don't know where it was from. I have an idea of where it may have been from, but arguing about it on Facebook was not going to make the matter any better. So, so I just said to myself, it's here. We have to take precaution in that, in that matter. I understand why sometimes it may be worse for other people and not as bad for, uh, you know, for some people. I understand that people are dying from it. I don't know how many. I don't sit there and dwell on the numbers. Sure. I know what I have to do, and I hope that everybody can work together. And unfortunately, that was really like pulling teeth. But nonetheless, 
the trustworthiness mm-hmm. comes into play there. So, I mean, but, sure. you know, there's two things. There's two things. Joe, do you want to say one more thing? I, don't, I didn't want to interrupt you on that one. No, no, I was agreeing with you. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. Yeah. Okay. You know, like I said, it was a perfect yeah. example. Yeah, but there's two things that may change a person's ability to be trusted um, as we cross over to maybe something else now. As I said, this sure. isn't really about boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. It's not about politicians. It's not about COVID-19. It's not about just one thing. It's about trustworthiness across the board, business, personal, sure. social, so on and so forth. But the two things that, that I've seen uh, and, and when I've watched sociologists speak, you know, social scientists speak on this matter, um, you know, psychologists speak on this matter, two things pop up a lot, uncertainty and being vulnerable. And so, you know, uncertainty, basically, as this one, uh, he was a professor at Northwestern, and I do not remember the gentleman's name, and I I apologize for that. But he said uncertainty is, you know, not knowing what the ever-changing world holds. And so you don't know what to do in terms of trust. And, And let's take this from a business standpoint here, Joe. I work for General Motors, ladies and gentlemen. You know that by now if you follow this show. It is an ever changing world every single day. I always tell people if you're afraid of change, do not work for the company I work for. Everything changes with the snap of a finger. I mean, it just, it's amazing how fast things change. And so when the plant manager sends out a notice and says, especially right now, folks, if you're, let, let me let me make it clear to those of you who are going to listen to this show maybe two years from now. This is the point in time that all of you who are listening to this show maybe a couple years from now will understand it was that point in time when we were having major issues, not just in the auto industry, but industries across the board with receiving goods from suppliers in order to build product that we built. And right now that is the case uh, in terms of General Motors and every other automotive company in, in the you know United States. And so that being said, when the plant manager puts out that we are not going to be working or we're going to be working Saturday mandatory overtime because our cars are in such demand. And then on Friday, another notice comes out and says, we are now not working Saturday because we are missing, uh, we don't have seatbelts, we don't have steering wheels, we don't have this, we don't have that coming in from other suppliers. And because of the part shortage, uh, we call it a fluid situation temporarily. We try to keep it, you know, we dummy it down a little bit. Uh, It is very serious. But because we have a fluid situation temporarily, Saturday's now been canceled. Well, people get very angry about this, okay, that are working because, you know, I canceled plans for this. I did. Then now I could have, I, I didn't have to cancel them. You know, so people sit there and they say, I don't trust any of this anymore. And this is an example of uncertainty. It's not that, that you know, our union officials or that the plant manager or that is trying to be uh, uh, untrusting. It's that, it's that, the fluid situation is causing things to change so rapidly that what is going to happen at one point, Joe, changes in the next minute. And so it is very, it's very trying uh, on the nerves. I'm not going to lie to you, but I also get it. I also understand what's going on here when it comes to this. I don't know all the underlying issues. I'm not the plant manager. <laughs> you know, and so I'm not going to try and, 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 and speculate. Um, trust me, some people at my pay rate, my pay level do try to speculate. Uh, but, 
you can try to speculate. You could talk about it amongst your peers on the floor. Uh, some people decide they're going to go to social media and lay it all out for everybody. But the fact of the matter is this. Uncertainty plays a huge role in that situation. Anything, Joe, when you were working uh, with the police force for 15, 16 years, can you think of uncertainty in that particular aspect? Yeah, it was the same thing. It was a daily thing because you always had you had people calling off. You always had overtime. Uh, and then anytime a contract came into play, uh, any sort of contract, contract uh, negotiations that were that were going down at that time, uh, pay raises and you know things of that nature. Uh, it, but you know, I, I think one of the bigger reasons here, in like you were saying, some people try to lay it all out. They have some people who feel that they they have to know, like you know what I mean. They have to be the know it all. Right. And there's other people that this is how they reason with it. Like they they have to like they have to have an understanding as to why it's happening in order for them to accept it yeah, rather than being able to stay fluid. You know, that temporary fluid thing that you're talking about, mm-hmm. they cannot do the fluid thing. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they need a reason. They need to understand it and they need to believe that thing. You know, they, they can't deal with this every minute change that you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that, that comes from the uncertainty part, uh, part of everything. But the second thing, because as I said, there's two things that I've seen uh, many you know, social scientists talk about. They talk about being vulnerable. I mean, we're very vulnerable, right? As, as human beings, we are. And how do we keep that to a minimum? You know, trusting people uh, will understand our concerns. And so when you're vulnerable, the, the biggest problem is, is that people you, you don't know that are people preying on uh, my weaknesses. Uh, and so I don't know whether to trust them, especially if you don't know them or there's not a working relationship with them from a business standpoint, or there's not a friendship relationship with them from a you know, longevity standpoint, being friends for years and years and years and just understanding uh, who each other are and, and what each other's needs are in that, in that friendship, in that relationship. And so uh, I saw a study where they came up with I'm just going to give you one solution for each one of those. And when it came to uncertainty, all right, as far as the solution is concerned, I'm just going to give you one. Uh, truly understanding the ever-changing world uh, in terms of forecasting was something that one of the social scientists talked about, uh, the gentleman whose name I can't remember, uh, from Northwestern University, I believe. Uh, but when he talks about that, folks, if you if you don't know what forecasting is, uh, and let's talk about this in a business world, and you can apply it to several different other aspects of life. But when you forecast, you're basically trying to figure out trends uh, for the next several years, one year, three year, five year, 10 year. And this is my business degree talking now, because I do have a degree in business. And so when you're talking about forecasting, and you're trying to, to uh, have plans um, to help solidify dealing with any anything that may be uh, you know coming at you in terms of uncertainty you're trying to deal with the strengths of your company making sure you understand what they are making sure you understand what the weaknesses of your company are what the opportunities are out there what the threats are to your company and you're trying to forecast you're trying to God, I hate to say guess, but educated guess uh, should be more uh, based on your your you know your business capabilities uh, and understanding the theory of business from every aspect. You're trying to guess over the next one, three, five, and ten years what are the best routes to take and how to watch those obstacles coming at you so that you have a formidable formidable business plan, ladies and gentlemen. And so that's where you are working against the uh, concept of uncertainty. Does that make sense, Joe? It does. You know, one of the things that I've always done, and this, I don't have a business degree, but it's just something that I do in day-to-day life because this is that whole what if thing, right? Yeah. What if this happens and that, you know, uh, 
I've learned to weigh possibilities versus probabilities. Mm -hmm. Anything is possible, but what's probably uh, the outcome? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it just seems like, you know, you, you get sick. Is it possible? And but I don't want to keep using this as an example. Is it possible it's COVID? Eh, but but you know, three other people in your home had a sinus infection. So what's it yeah. probably? You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it, and it, it, it goes down the line. Uh, again, I'm sick of that example, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I, know, I get your, what you're saying. And, and and what we're talking about in terms of trustworthiness here with uncertainty, keep in mind, folks, that that where that plays in is, is when you are uncertain about whether or not, let's just keep this at the world of business right now. Sure. When you're uncertain about whether or not you can trust another entity that you are working with, maybe just in the beginning, your relationship in the business world, or you could use it in a social aspect too. Can you trust this person? Um, it's could be something as simple as when you're making dinner dates, uh, you know, with, with a group of people, can you trust that they're going to follow through with the dinner date? Yeah. It's some people that's very, you know, concerning when people don't follow through with a social gathering event that they're supposed to go to together. So yeah. you have to almost have a backup plan. And so that's what we're talking about in the world of business is always having a backup plan. If you're not sure where trustworthiness plays a role yet. And that kind of helps ease that concept of, uncertainty. Yeah. And, you know, another thing too, uh, to take it away from the world of COVID finally. Okay. Uh, you. you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it can even be as far as, you know, you first start a, a partnership with somebody else, yes. uh, you know, maybe looking at how they've been doing, how, how they've been conducting business up until that point. Like, are mm -hmm. they successful? What is their business, uh, uh, their, their relationship with these other folks other than yourself? Uh, do they seem to get along well with other companies? Are they, are they an iron fist? Is this something that, you know what I mean? You could kind of learn a lot about somebody in the way that they interact with other people. Right. Uh, sure. Before you go and take it on yourself, kind of doing your, your due diligence when it comes to, to uh, you know, that sort of thing. But again, so it, you could say, well, is it possible he's just ignoring me or you know what? He also has five other things going on and uh, uh, you know, and, and I'm looking on social media and there's all this other things going on. Is he probably just too busy? Probably yeah. just too busy. You see what I'm saying? Right. Uh, you know, instead it, and it helps alleviate that whole, what if thing. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, so, so that's where number two comes in. It's almost, you know, it almost is a perfect spot to add number two in when it comes to vulnerability and, and people are vulnerable, vulnerable, uh, and there's a solution there. And we're going to keep this one to a social situation. It's a very simple social situation. When you're talking about having a backup plan, you know, a foolproof idea to help mitigate through the, the unforeseen, uh, so to speak. And so it sounds like it's going to be, uh, an example I'm going to give that is extremely important, but well, to some people it is folks, if you have, um, dinner plans with, you know, somebody it doesn't have to be a date, just dinner plans, but this person has canceled on you, uh, maybe three times in the past over the past six months. And you definitely want to go, you, 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 you deserve a night out, right, Joe? You mm. worked hard all week. Thank God it's Friday. Yeah. Look how we tie everything together here. If you're following the journey, ladies and gentlemen. And so, and so, you know, you're thanking God it's Friday. You deserve a night out. And you, this person, I'm very vulnerable here in this situation. I'm uncertain. This person has canceled on me before. Always, have a backup plan. Have a couple more people that you know would like to go to dinner and maybe make it a group situation. This is just one example of a solution, right? Where if one backs out, 
or two back out, there's always going to be at least one other person so that you can enjoy dinner together, right? Uh, and, you know, easier said than done. Uh, everybody has busy schedules these days. Uh, I think everybody always has busy schedules or always has had busy schedules. It just seems like in the past, there was more time put aside to relax for a minute than there is in today's world. Uh, people don't do that anymore. But that's from a social aspect, right? Just to get away from business and, and politics and COVID and all that stuff, if that makes sense. Um, there's a huge factor here, though. And you're trusting those you do not know personally versus people you have a relationship with. This is another concept, right? And, and here, here's an example. Uh, when you look at these two different things, right, Joe, uh, if you're in the business world and you're going to be doing business with another contractor for the first time, there's a sense of vulnerability there, right? There's an uncertainty there. And so, you know, you're looking for where do I trust them or how do I trust them? You have, you know, people, institutions, you do not know, but then you also have it on the other side, the personal side of trust, right? Um, family members, long-time working relationships with people you work with, um, friendships, long-time friendships. I have friendships out there, Joe, you know this, that have been with me for almost 40 years now. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's all I keep thinking when I think about these people is just, wow, uh, because, you know, 30 to 40 years, there's a group of us that that we've been friends. Do we get to talk to each other as much anymore? We do not, but we still have that bond and we still have that trust because we know everything about each other. Now, um, you know, have we have we had our moments in our relationship? Folks, if you've been friends for 40 years and you tell me you've never had a problem with each other, we're not worried about trust. We're worried about your lying abilities uh, and capabilities, right? Um, that's, that is, don't even bother coming to the table with that. You're human. They're human. There's going to be some situations where one person is not happy with you for some reason, but it's your ability to work through that. And when you can work through that in a relationship, then you realize where that trust is at, right? And that vulnerability goes away because if you can work through some, some, tough moments in life with your with your personal relationships and make it through that and come out on top that's a trustworthy person across the table from you uh, especially when i think about 40 years of friendship 35 years of friendship with some of my best best friends in the world uh when it comes to the concept of trustworthiness joe i mean where, where do you put that from a personal relationship standpoint you know what? Um, I'll tell you for for all the years that i was a, a police officer there, there was a very you know there's a tight knit uh, friendship that you have uh -huh. with people and camaraderie, you know, I mean, right. you, you have each other's backs and, uh, you know, I mean, especially when you're working in the correctional facility, I mean, my God, I was uh, thinking, and, I was thinking that as you were saying that. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then put that together with 12 hour shifts, you know, I mean, these were, these were, you spent a lot of hours and a lot of time with, with the same people. And, uh, you know, what I've come to find is, and, and a lot of folks out there are going to find this if they're not uh, retired from their uh, place of employment yet, uh, that a lot of these people who you trust and who you have uh, these, these bonds with, um, they really, you know, there, there's a difference between what a real friend is, like you're talking about somebody you grew up with, as opposed to somebody that you just work with, because you're going to find that that's kind of where the where the where the trustworthiness ends is right there with work, but it's not trustworthiness, friendship, you know, you uh -huh. leave there and, and that that 
everybody has their own lives. They're all doing their own thing, you know, and it, it's a little off putting at first. Cause you swear that these are people that you're going to spend them. You know, you're going to have those long lasting friendships with that. You're going to be able to trust with and, uh, and what have you. And, and come to find out there's people that, I mean, I, I probably spent more time with, uh, working at the sheriff's department than I did anybody in school. And I've not heard from them in the past 10, 11 years since I've, since I've retired. Um, you know, I'm, not sad about it. It's a little, yeah, again, it's a little off-putting, yeah. but you know, we have to be sure that when we're establishing these friendships and we're, we're having this trust that we, we stay in our lane with it is what I'm trying to say. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I was, I was a vault. Anybody could tell me anything in that place. Um, I wouldn't even tell my wife worked with me. I wouldn't even tell her. Now, as long as it was nothing that was going to hurt her, there was no reason for her to know, but I've always kind of, uh, uh, I've kind of worked on the idea that, um, you can't even slip. You can't even accidentally say something to somebody if you've never heard it in the first place. Right. Uh, right. and so I would, I would even, uh, hold it from her, from, from her, some information, you know, that, that people would entrust in me. And so you kind of feel like, well, that's, that's what this is. And, 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 and you have that bond and that trust is there. Uh, and again, that's what I'm saying, you know, be sure where, where, wherever you're at in life that you stay in your lane with it because, um, some of it's very temporary and, yeah. and we can't see the trees for the forest because, you know, we're, we're in this everyday routine and, and, and just doing life. Right. And, and I'll tell you this to add to what you just said, when it comes to work, uh, when there'll be a show, uh, that I talk about, um, my life as an auto worker working for General Motors in many different aspects uh, in at this point, two different facilities could be three before it's all said and done. Who knows? Uh, it's uncertain. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, there, but, but my, as Joe knows, I have backup plan after and backup plan. And that's your plan. backup plan too. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. And, and, and so that being said, um, it's a little bit different when it comes to the life of um the group of people that, that I'm around, uh, we do still stay in contact. Even after they closed our one plant, there's a group of people that I stay in contact with on a consistent basis. Some only once every two to three months, some two to three times a week, some every day. So, um, it, there's, there's a different camaraderie and a different, we work with each other so much. They become your family. Uh, it's, it's the, you do go to each other's, uh, weddings, uh, baby showers, uh, unfortunately funerals, um, things of that nature. You, you, you go to these things, right? You, you're a part of this, you know, their children, right? Their children know you, uh, it's, it's how it is in the life of, uh, a union worker, uh, for the automotive industry, at least with, uh, local 1112 Lordstown, Ohio. And I can see that camaraderie as well in local 652 in Lansing, Michigan, as I get to know these people more and more and more uh, for almost three years now. So so there is a little bit, you know, when it comes to that work, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. There's that, and that concept will be talked about in another show. But there's also this, when you talk about trustworthiness, we talked about this in the beginning of the show, Joe, before we get to our final point of the day. Uh, you could talk about the priesthood when you talk about confession. Sure. You're going there to trust that you can talk to a priest about your sins or your pastor 
about your sins to a certain extent and things that you want to do to be absolved or things that you, if you're talking to a priest, you want to be absolved of your sins. And, 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 you know, there's, there's an entire, uh, I don't want to call it a routine because it's important, you know, to, to millions of people, uh, when they go to confession and, and, and to say a lot of people, that's how they do this. Uh, there's also people that just want to sit down with their pastor Okay, uh, a different, completely different type of religious setting, right? Uh, and just talk about things that are bothering them, and and feel like this is somebody they can talk to. Well, if you're just talking about things that are bothering you, or things that you wish you wouldn't have done, and you would like to uh, change your ways, and, and 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 you know, ask to to pray with them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so on and so forth. That's one thing. If you go to a pastor or to a priest and tell them you killed three people. Yeah, you can't expect them. You cannot put that trust in them that they're not going to go to the authorities and let them know what happened. That's that's asking too much of an individual now. Right. And so there is an example of trustworthiness where you could say, I knew I couldn't trust them. But then you got to ask yourself, how in the world can you go to them and tell them that and expect that that's not going to be the next move. Right. So that's, you know, an example of what we're talking about when it comes to trustworthiness sometimes is not an option uh, in certain situations, if that makes sense, Joe. Um, So there's that. Uh, And now on to the final thought of the day. And obviously, as we've always said, the final thought is always seven, eight minutes long. (laughs) Uh, But it's, you know, we talk we talk about what many psychologists say. Uh, are ways you can find trustworthiness in people or in institutions and so on and so forth. And this comes from different studies and different research. Uh, Small things I've looked at in small papers. I've not done, uh, anybody who's been following our show knows that we really like to stick with that one research paper, Joe, that 45-page study on all those different types of emotions. Eight different types right now. How many, we still have like five left, don't we? Uh, We have six left. We've only talked about two. Oh, yeah, We've talked all... about integral emotion. We've talked about incidental emotion. And Dr. Nicole Rentilla, our clinical psychologist, has come on and talked all about them from a professional standpoint, which we should have professionals on in that situation. Sure. And, and I, I believe in this concept here that she should come on and talk about this. So we're definitely going to have a show about trustworthiness where we talk to Dr. Nicole Rentilla, have her come on and tie this show right here to that show, uh, which uh, Joe does a fantastic job of doing. Uh, that being said, when we talk about, you know, what many psychologists talk about when it comes to trustworthiness, again, in people and institutions, and like I said, so on and so forth, we talk about three concepts. We talk about consistency. So people genu- genuinely stay true to who they are and, and do what they say they will do the majority of the time. That is a consistent person, and that's a person you can trust. Obviously, though, Joe, that goes with building a relationship over time. And so that doesn't always play part in the very beginning. The second one is accountability. Uh, and again, folks, this is not this is not my opinion. This comes from a study I was looking at. Accountability. People, you know, that hold themselves accountable for their actions are more reliable and trustworthy. I try. I don't. I'm not. I'm not perfect, ladies and gentlemen. Joe and I are on the clock, just like all of you. We're not talking to you like we are holier than thou. We are not. We are not. I always try to hold myself accountable for my actions. Sometimes I beat myself up a little too much. Joe, have you ever done that where you've made a mistake? You have gone to the people and said, "This is on me," and then you can't let it go. I do that sometimes, where I have to really finally wake up one day and say, okay, you made the mistake. You talk to them. 
you forgive, they've forgiven you. You got to move on. How many people out there, raise your hand. We can't see you, right? Think about that, where sometimes you cannot get past making that mistake and then filling in your head, how will this person ever trust me again? It's happened to me. It's happened to me where I couldn't let some stuff go for years. And finally, I was able to. Uh, and it has been with people who I have built a stronger and stronger and stronger relationship over the years to the point where they're like brothers and sisters with me, much like my brother on the other end of this mic. So there's that. Joe, has that ever been a situation with you? Kind of. Kind of. I mean, okay. I, I figure because I always, I don't beat myself up about it. I just no. figure, I just figure that um, I'm gonna have to do better. Come next time, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It, it, it's it, like I, I'll ask for. Hey, listen, I, I couldn't make it. Sorry, you know, whatever. Uh, and I know that in my head. Okay, well, that's your that's your pass for the for the time. If if that's not good enough, and, and like whoever it is is going to be upset with me, now it's on them. I, I've yeah. done my part, but I am gonna do my part in making sure that. There, that there is not a next time, or at least not anytime soon. Yeah. And, and, and folks, for those of you who are, are now figuring this out, and I'm not, this may sound funny, and it kind of is. Joe's personality and my personality are complete contradictions of each other. We're completely <laughs> opposite people. Joe has always been that way growing up. He is easily able, usually, there's been times, but usually able to say, ah, I screwed up. What's for dinner? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. yeah. And whereas I, where I beat myself up too much. Uh, and so we try to, uh, and I think maybe sometimes that's where this show plays out so well is, is, is how we play off of each other so well. I think it would be boring if we had the same personality, right? It would see, it would sound really boring if we had the same personality. And I think once we go to video, it'll be even more obvious just from our facial expressions <laughs> and how we handle things. Uh, so that'll be a hoot, so to speak. I don't know where I got that word from, but um, so there's that. So, uh, you know, again, three things, consistency, accountability, follow through was the third thing that I read about. And this is when, you know, people follow through with their actions. They do what they said they were going to do. I don't care if it's social. I don't care if it's work-related. When someone says, I'm going to get this done, and I'm going to get it done now, or at this point in time, in exactly 30 days, two hours, one minute, and 42 seconds, they do it. And, and so when that happens on a consistent basis, which was the first thing, you realize they're accountable, right? And that they are following through, the trustworthiness grows. And that is huge. That is huge, Joe. Um, there's an author, very popular gentleman by the name of Adam Smith, Joe. And I was listening to a social scientist talk about him. And it's the same, the same gentleman who is the professor at Northwestern University that I cannot remember his name. But Adam Smith wrote a book and he wrote a book about modern day capitalism. Okay, and the importance of businesses being able to work together based on believing in the contract, right? The trustworthiness of the contract, right, ladies and gentlemen? When we talk about a contract, we talk about, well, why do we have to trust other individuals? Because the contract, ladies and gentlemen, should be the do all say all, right? When somebody writes out a contract and the two parties agree and they sign that contract, that contract should be followed to a T. Cross your T's, dot your I's, right, Joe? And and that is is a problem because why? Uncertainty. 
when you have a contractual agreement with another entity and in the world of business, especially, ladies and gentlemen, with the way that we have gone through all this uncertainty, sometimes businesses have to make adjustments to the uncertainty. And sometimes it does not meet what has been adhered to and signed upon and 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 focused on in that contract. So suddenly the contract has to be, quote unquote, broken. And when that happens, well, all hell can break loose sometimes. And so there's that. Well, Adam Smith writes a book and he talks about the fact that it's not, you know, because you have to understand the uncertainty and the vulnerability and you have to forecast. What's even more important is understanding that the people have to have that relationship of trust even more so than the contract itself. And what he was talking about there is that people have sympathy for one another, right? They have empathy for one another, Joe. And when you can build a relationship with somebody where you can trust that the uncertainty is happening and it is out of um, it's out of out of the control of the other party that is breaking or breaching the contract, so to speak. And you trust that they will right the wrong as soon as they can, and they will work with you together to get back on track with that contractual agreement as soon as possible. That is what is most important. So he believed that it's the morals and the character of the people more so than the contract itself. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, and so I thought that was fantastic when I was reading about Adam Smith and, and his viewpoint of that. Um, and again, a uh, fantastic author and very popular. Uh, everyone, by all means, please Google him uh, if you're interested in that kind of concept and, and those types of things, for sure. For sure. And that's basically it on trustworthiness for today's show. I can't wait till we have that conversation with Dr. Nicole Rentilla, our clinical psychologist, though, Joe, and tie this show to that one. That being said, what's going on next week? So next week, we're going to talk about the concept of workload when it comes to exercise and understanding how it applies to the volume and intensity of your exercise sessions. We've talked about this in the past, mm -hmm. volume and intensity. Uh, Tony, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I don't want to, I'm not going to get too much into it. I'm just going to give a quick example of workload. Uh, and, and please understand, folks, that there's a lot more that goes into this. But workload is something that I feel is very, very important. When I talk to my athletes, uh, the workload is something I always make them figure out in their head even more so than how much they're lifting. So let me give you an example, folks. If I have an athlete that can bench 200 pounds one time, their workload is 200 pounds. But if I have an athlete that can bench 200 pounds 10 times, their workload is 2,000 pounds. So simply, Joe, obviously what you're doing there is taking 200 pounds, right, which is the intensity of the load times the volume, which is 10 reps, and that is what your workload is. And workload plays a huge factor in so many different things. And hopefully that example gives people kind of an understanding so they can apply it to their own workout. But you got to listen to the show next week in order to get even more detail on what workload is all about. Yeah, I think what I'll do is put it, I'm going to put a link for the uh, volume and intensity episode that we had in the description so that uh, maybe you guys can do a little research here before we even get into that. And it'll maybe make a little bit more sense too. As Perfect. Well. All right. Well, until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you're on Anchor and have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. 
Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. All right, everybody out there, be the best trustworthy you out there for this week's episode for sure. Uh, hey, Joe, let me ask yep. you a question. Do you, do, you, uh, do you trust me or has it been a point in time when you thought, I don't know if I could trust this guy at all? Well, let's get it out in the open. I mean, has there ever been a time? I mean, we're, the, the people are listening. Now you might as well go ahead. Has there ever been a time when you thought, I don't trust him at all? No, no, except for when we use the word hoot. Hoot? Why don't you hoot. trust that? It's real hoot. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think, think it was from the Golden Girls. Who <laughs> I was going to say, did you get that from our great aunt Edna? Or? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Do we have an aunt Edna? I didn't even know we had an aunt Edna. Great aunt Edna. And no. <laughs> oh, okay. well, then let's, uh, but you believed me, though, didn't you? I did. I yeah, trust who you. doesn't trust you? I trust that? you. Well, I, I trust you. I think, I think that's what makes the show so great. There's a trust